Welcome to Think and Reimagined, produced by Live Abundantly. Live Abundantly is committed to justice, equity, equality, diversity, and inclusion for the creation of a global society which respects the rights and well-being of all citizens. We invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com to support our initiatives for women, youth and children. Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for For a better better global society. One in three young people in Nigeria are without employment. And many of those who work aren't quite satisfied with either the pay or work condition, or sometimes even both. This situation is perhaps why many young Nigerians take their chances abroad rather than returning home. And we just recently learned of a young Nigerian woman enrolling for a third postgraduate degree since leaving Nigeria in 2017. Let's talk about Nigerians' Amazon degrees uh, in Europe to avoid having to return to Nigeria. This is Thinking Reimagined Podcast. I am Nifemi Okuntoye. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. If you're joining live on Facebook, or perhaps you are just listening in on any of our podcast platforms, Dr. Ama is founder Live Abundantly. She joins us live. You can see our face on Facebook with the orange uh, gilly. Hello, Dr. Alma. It's been a while. How are you today? Very well, thank you. How are you? Terrific. And Miss Abby, educational consultant, joins us live from London. Miss Abby, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, let me begin with you, Miss Abby. Um, you're a Nigerian who is resident in London. Uh, let's begin with what your experience with schooling abroad as a means to an end is, if that in any way applies to you. Um, thank you for the question. So, um, uh, well, I'm, I'm self-employed at the moment, so <laughs> I, I don't know if the question applies to me. Uh, but if I could talk about my uh, university days, and um, the reality is that once you gain a degree here, you still need the experience. Um, And many students do work whilst pursuing their degrees. And um, in the UK, the laws, you know, regarding immigration and residency um, requirements are quite straightforward. You know, you need to have lived in the UK for, I believe, 10 years, and then you can start processing your papers. Unlike in Canada, automatically, once you um, have a, a one-year course, two-year course, it doesn't have to even be a degree, you can stay at, um, in, at, in the country, you know, for the uh, equivalent number of years that you've studied for. So I don't know whether uh, I can compare the situation of graduates in the UK with the situation of graduates in Nigeria. Clearly, graduates in the UK are open to many other avenues. So just because you studied a certain degree doesn't mean you need to look for a job in that um, area. Um, So you could go and work, you know, whilst you're looking for a job, you could be, you know, the work students do and graduates do in the UK are not frowned upon the way Nigerians frown upon. So being a waitress after you graduate is not frowned upon here. 
compared to Nigeria. I guess it's because it's one of those experiences where um, these experiences contribute to your general ability to get better employment, really. May I just add, whilst we're waiting for her to come back, that um, it is true that um, there are some um, immigration restrictions that occur with students abroad, Nigerian students, foreign students abroad, whether it's in the UK or in the US. I know that in the UK, they stopped allowing um, graduates, you know, university graduates to stay and work um, for quite some time, but it appears that they've reversed that law so that they can yeah. stay for a short period. That you, you come, you learn, and you go back to your home country. Um, but that's not necessarily the way that it is going. Um, Canada does give a little bit more leeway. The US tightened its belt, and I think they're sort of relaxing it. I mean, it is an industry to have foreign students in your country because they bring with them not just the school fees, which is generally about three, sometimes four times higher than what the residents do pay. Um, they bring the revenue in terms of, um, you know, accommodation and fees. And then sometimes if they're lucky, they're buying vehicles. All of that adds to the economy. Um, but it's not necessarily that that way in terms of when they come back, back to Nigeria. But it, it is a business. It is, it is part of the economy. And many of the countries, whether it's the UK, the US, um, Europe in general is becoming very popular because the cost of living is a bit lower and also the fees. Um, it is a way of garnering another opportunity to have experience and also to be in a country or to be in countries where the basic needs are provided and there is an opportunity, hopefully, to gain residency in some form or the other. The result for Nigeria is a brain drain because these are capable people who either never come back or continue to struggle abroad. Yes, if I could add to that. Absolutely. Um, if I could just conclude on what I was saying, which is that um, the universities generally allow a few hours of work um, within the school campus or around the perimeters of the school grounds. So they can do some work in the library or in the cafe and things like that. Uh, but generally, you know, it, as uh, Dr. Amma said, the fees are very expensive, you know, to get to you even get the student visa in the first place, you know, you need to be able to pay the fees to have evidence proof of funds and all that. I was quite interested in the um, uh, article that I read that was shared before the podcast within the group um, that showed that the fees in Belgium are very, very affordable. And then the, the lady that's pursuing um, Nifemi, her third, by the way, her third postgraduate uh, qualification is being funded by the university. So she's not actually paying. So it's a way for her to extend her stay, right. which is not actually paying. So um, if you want to embark on this journey, um, it's quite an expensive journey, to be honest. It's mm. only in recent months that the British Embassy has um, announced that uh, master's students can stay for two years post-study to look for work. And then looking for work, quote unquote, quote, is a very difficult thing as well, because you have British students with the residency, you know, uh, 
qualifications, if I call them, you know, they've got their passports, they've got everything, who are looking for work together, you, you know, you're in the same pool with foreign students, but it's, it's, um, it's not as dire as it is, no way as dire as it is in Nigeria where the unemployment rate is realistically maybe 80% in my opinion. You know? Indeed, um, uh, Dr. Amma, people, people complete a master's degree and then go back to do some advanced diploma below their academic level, and then some cheap certificate, all in the bid to remain legal in the system. Uh, on one hand, you think that Nigerians are so driven by education. It's not really the case with many young Nigerians in Europe. Uh, what is spoiling this desperation? Do you agree that things are that, ba uh, are that terribly bad back at home? Thanks, Nifami, for that question. You know, I think it was about two weeks ago we had the podcast recording on the plight of Nigerian youth. And we heard from youth activists, youth members in Nigeria talk about their experience living in Nigeria. I mean, these were qualified people. And I do recall you raised a question as to who would, I can't remember the exact word you used, Japa, something like that. Well, would you Japa? Well, however, the phrase was that you used it. Forgive me if I don't get the right um, local yeah, land. But the idea is, sorry, how do you say it? It's Japa, Dr. Amma, Japa. Try pronouncing it, Japa. <laughs> but the Japa, okay, Japa. So the whole idea is, or their response is, of course I'll go if, if the opportunity comes. Um, but, you know, we always encourage if you're going to go, then you go the right way, you go the legal way, you don't you know, get yourself trafficked or smuggled out of the country. The reality is, when you look at the situation educationally in Nigeria, and we would all agree that in many parts of the country, albeit it might be secondary in some cases, um, primary schools, many schools have shut down in the north because of the insecurity situation. I mean, these are young people whose educational path has been disrupted. And will they gain that back? You know, learning loss is going to be the next big issue. Now you look at the situation with young Nigerians who have completed university, they're struggling to find jobs. They can't find jobs. I mean, even the opportunity of being um, waiting tables is a challenge um, because it's just not as ava available. You know, Miss Abby said 80, 80%. It might even be higher than that because so few of them um, are able to secure to secure jobs. So you look at that, you look at the lack of job opportunities, you look at the insecurity situation, you look at the lack of social services that are available. The truth of the matter is the Nigerians who are in university overseas, um, they will be able to you know, get the support that they need because many of these institutions have a pocket of money to help them when they're in dire situations. And if you're being funded by your university, then your housing is covered. It's just a matter of you doing the 20 hours that they generally allow on campus to make some money to feed yourself. But at the end of the day, as already stated, there is no guarantee that you are going to get employment because you're competing with the indigents who are equally qualified, sometimes even more qualified, who understand the lingo, who understand the basic you know, knowledge of the culture and what's expected in the workplace. Um, it, it's very difficult. What is sad is that they're not even thinking of coming back here because the reality is 
coming back to what? What am I going to do if I come back? They want to progress. And so they're looking for the opportunities to, to progress and to contribute to society, whichever society will give them the opportunity for employment. I want to and there are some that. of them who do. Sorry, I want okay, to please go ahead, Ms. Abby. With, with, the, with the lady that's pursuing her doctorate, um, yes. I, I actually admire her because at the end of the day, um, after the number of years she spent, she will get her residency permit and she will possibly get retained by that university or get sought out by another university to stay. So she's on a good thing there. Um, that you mentioned that um, people have to um, um, apply to and start on courses below them. I actually don't think there's any course below anybody, you know. Um, having studied here myself and done certificates there, you know, diplomas there after my postgraduate, it's something you have to, life is, you know, there's lifelong learning involves, um, you know, um, engaging in these short courses that are often seem to be below one. And I actually admire them as well. I think what I wanted to add at this point before we go on is that a lot of Nigerian students, when they come here, they have a shock. They, they, they get, um, they, they suddenly realize that being a student means so much more than just going into the lecture hall and coming out and maybe dressing up and all these fancy things they do in Nigeria. Being a student means buckling down and getting other work done, getting to know people, um, um, the camaraderie that comes in working in different uh, spheres of life, strawberry picking. I mean, British students from very wealthy homes go strawberry picking, work in you know, um, gas stations, do all these things, and they don't see anything wrong with it. Nigerian students come to the UK having maybe gone to University of Ilori or University of Lagos, where they've never had to do any work. You know, so their parents pay for their handouts and pay for their school fees and pay for transportation and they've never really had to get their hands dirty. And when they come here and they see students that are from middle class homes saying oh, I'm going off to work in McDonald's or I'm going off to clean someone's house or to babysit, they think ah, how can I become an omodo or something which is babysitting um, and, and they get that shock so a lot of um, the, the students have to come around and with their way of thinking that these children are not necessarily even doing the work because they need the money. They're doing it for the experience and to have a very, very sumptuous CV. Let's talk about the implication of having a huge number of Nigerians travel abroad annually. Um, there are 100,000 last year, according to um, ICF Monitor, uh, which focuses on international student mobility. And the intention, like um, Dr. Amma mentioned earlier, is beyond just studying, is becoming permanent residents of their host countries. And for them, it is taking one step closer to achieving their goal of, you know, having to leave Nigeria. Talk to us about what that means for Nigeria as a nation, vis-a-vis uh, -vis how much money host nations also made. You talked about um, UK earlier. I think that UK eventually reverted, um, um, reversed its policy. It's one of its way of also having its own lion's share of what is termed the creative global education market. What are your thoughts about this? Ms. Abby, I'm with you. Okay, so um, as Dr. Amos said, there's a huge brain drain. And as you've just commented on, a lot of people go on the education route 
to becoming permanent, permanent residents in a country uh, because of what is offered abroad. Um, we, we can't start listing the opportunities that are available abroad. Uh, together with this, I always have to be realistic and say there are opportunities, but where there are positives, there are also negatives, you see. So you have to start from scratch, develop your support system, get to know um, the nuances in the system. You know, I always say that in Nigeria, you can never be hungry. You can't. Because, you know, you can just decide to, I suppose, visit someone and they'll ask you what you would like to drink and eat. So you're in a country where you, you can't just bump into somebody or just knock on somebody's door. Uh, you have to be invited in. You know, you have to think to eat. You have to think to live. You know, it's not a society where there are parties every day. And if you go to a party every day or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you get lunch, you know and you get fed it's it's not like that <laughs> or, or with the men you get you know something nice to drink on fridays saturdays and sundays you know there's a party going on you have to think properly when you're here and i think without going on into the adjustments the students themselves need to make and start thinking of you know before they embark on this journey and i think nigeria realizes this nigeria realizes a lot of the, uh, the population are japaing not just the younger students even medical doctors are leaving even you know people who you you saw the the video online about the saudi about saudi arabia employing our doctors it's not just the students it is everyone you know even nurses um because the infrastructure the infrastructure is just not there in nigeria you know mm. so the reality is unless there's a proper plan put into place to retain uh, the, the best of you know the brains or to retain our students in 10 years time we're going to be in, in a sorry state to be honest in nigeria you have been listening to thinking reimagined changing the mindset for a better global society if dr ama is back let me just ask very quickly um the fact that not every one of us can leave this country, even though many of us would love to. Uh, many of us um, have friends abroad who share pictures of the house they just got. I mean, how fine they're doing on their jobs. And many of us, you know, nurse that dream or that desire to, you know, save all the infrastructure development that we see online. But not everybody, literally, not all the 200 million Nigerians can leave the shores of this country. And there are people like Dr. Ama who's been out and who's back in Nigeria. Is there a sense to which there is a level of ignorance with which many of young Nigerians travel out? Perhaps if they look within a little more, they might be able to see a light at the end of the tunnel or see opportunities in what we call underdevelopment. Dr. Ama, are you back now? I am, Mifemi, and uh, that's just the joy of being live. And again, in a country where you cannot, the internet, the infrastructure, it goes off, it comes on, and you just do the best you can. So sorry, I, I was lost for a while. Um, you know, there are many ways to look at this, this picture. The reality is, wherever you go in life, whatever it is you're doing, whether you're in Nigeria or outside Nigeria, you have to create the opportunity for you, for yourself. Um, you may be a university graduate, but find that you have another passion, and that passion can provide you a good living. 
and bring you much sense of fulfillment, in which case I always encourage people that whilst you're in school, whilst you're reading for your degrees, remember that you have other skills that you can develop and use those to your advantage because those are the skills that could help you in the long run in terms of having an income, in terms of supplementing the income you may have or completely take you in a different field where your passion at the end of the day is your work. And that will give you the sense of fulfillment and the financial independence that you require. Now, when you leave Nigeria and you go abroad or vice versa, because I can speak about the adjustments that even I have to make coming to Nigeria, um, life abroad requires a lot of independence. In, and, and Miss Abby alluded to it, you have to think. Nobody is going to spoon feed you. Nobody is going to give you a directive, you know, a manual on when this happens, you do this. When this happens, you think this way. You have to be able to think on your feet and be resourceful. Um, those are not things that we generally encourage, or I have noticed they're not generally encouraged over here, but having that independence of mind, thinking for yourself, developing skills other than your educational path is really critical. Otherwise you go abroad and you're completely lost um, because whilst the infrastructure exists overseas, there's some nuances that you will not understand unless you're part of that system, unless you're part of that culture. And that's what usually trips people um, as they move from place to place. You know, I've come to Nigeria, I've been here four years. I've also had to adapt in many cases to how things are done here. It's not the same as what I am used to. So you have to be able to adapt to wherever you are. That's the key to surviving, whether you're in Nigeria or abroad. So I, I hope that um, youth or even the adults who are leaving, um, that they were able to recognize that there are some harsh realities wherever you go. You know, I know that people sometimes work in Nigeria and don't pay taxes. You can go abroad and work and you will have to pay taxes and you will pay very heavy taxes and you will be shocked by why you're paying so much taxes, but you need those taxes in order for the system to provide the support and the benefits that keep the society going and people are generally in shock. Um, it is unfortunate that as, as one travels, you see more and more highly educated Nigerians doing menial jobs abroad, but that is what is available because when you go into a society where your educational um, diploma is not as valued, you have to start all over again. And that requires money and that requires support. If you don't have it, you end up being, I mean, I've met doctors who are security guards. I've met nurses who were cleaning toilets. It's really harsh. Um, or doing other jobs that, you know, just you wouldn't conceive that they would do. They wouldn't do those jobs here, but they have no choice because they've now left and realized that assimilating into a new culture actually takes a lot of work and takes a lot of effort and it's not as easy. So, you know, my advice is focus on your skills, develop your skills, learn to network, learn to connect with people and look for opportunities and um, follow your passion, whatever it may be.
Yes, Absolutely. I wanted to add, you know, Dr. Amma mentioned about um, doctors and nurses who have to do menial jobs. A lot of um, Nigerians find that when they come abroad that they have their paper, they have their qualification. But in order to work, you have to do, for example, if you went to law school in Nigeria and you're a lawyer, you have to do the bar exams in England in order to become a lawyer and be allowed to work here. These bar exams are expensive. These bar exams are difficult. There are nuances in the system. It's just with medicine, any profession, you have to do the exams in whichever country you are. And a lot of the doctors and the professionals did not plan for this financially. Unfortunately, what happens is that they end up doing the, the jobs as maybe cab drivers or security guards, and they realize the money there is actually quite good as well. And there's flexibility. They choose their hours and they're like, oh, this is a lot more than what I even, not bargain for as a doctor, but where I'm coming from in Nigeria. If I'm converting X amount of money that I made, this is okay. And maybe I'll do a bit of rail tour. I'll sell some houses, do some computer courses. And they end up just losing um, their the initial profession and going into you know, side businesses and all these things because of the qualification situation as well. I also wrote here that um, Dr. Amma mentioned that there are other things they're looking at. So you're applying for a job here. Imagine even you've done the bar exams or you've done the medical exams and you're competing with others. There are other things they're looking for. A typical Nigerian CV talks a lot about what they want to achieve and their qualifications. Their interests and hobbies are very different from the interests and hobbies or maybe a British student or an American student. American students probably going to China to visit, Afghanistan to visit, um, you know, does bungee jumping. All these experiences add to what the workplace wants, what the employer wants. On a Nigerian CV, it's work, work qualification. They've got all the qualifications under the sun, but they have little experience and little exposure. They'd rather take somebody with more exposure that's worked in an old person's home, work for the children, um, can use their hands to do something like make candles or something and has a degree than take somebody with four degrees that doesn't know how to make anything or can't make anyone laugh or can't bring joy into the, they're thinking about their workspace and um, you know how, how that employee will impact the lives of the other people they're working with. And the other thing I wrote here, sorry, is that, um, you know, Nifemi, you mentioned two things that is it possible that um, that there's some people who can't leave and then there's some people who uh, who leave with intention to come back. There are many people who leave, uh, want to come here for their master's degree to improve their chances of better employment in Nigeria. Maybe they've left a loving wife and family behind um, and they've got properties in Nigeria and they have hope in Nigeria. So they've just come here for that master's degree or that MBA or whatever it is to come back to Nigeria. Some of these um, students end up liking the system, understanding the system and wanting to stay and then looking for ways to stay in order to bring their family members and then they start disposing of property and so on. And, and, and if I mean, there's something to also be said for people who just want to come and visit the UK as well. Unfortunately, Nigerians, when they apply to the British Embassy, they say they want to visit and they don't go back. So they've ruined the chances for so many people to just visit and go back. So it'd be nice to visit England, to visit China, to visit India, to have, you know, take your children as Nigerians all over the world so they see how other people live. But getting a visitor's visa is isn't it, Dr. Amma, much harder than getting a student visa, believe it or not? Trust me, visiting is a means to an end for two out of three Nigerians traveling out. 
outside the country. Uh, but let's quickly talk about how easy it is to, you know, study and work at the same time. I'm studying in Nigeria. I remember doing a lot of volunteering. And then in the last two years of school, I did some, you know, freelance um, presenting at a local radio station. But I never worked to finance my study. And that's what most, um, most international students do in Europe. Um, we're told that um, they finance their own education by working up to 20 hours per week, which I think is legally allowed to do. Many of them do way more than that. You know, uh, with 20 hours a week, you end up to a thousand euros per month. But um, how do you, how easy is it to combine that with study, you know, in the real sense of it? Nifemi, you know, this, you know, I think I addressed this um, a few moments ago that the indigents here know they need to work to pay for their education. It's not the same as in Nigeria where you ask somebody and they said, all I do is go to school. I'm a student at Lasu. That's all they do. Or I'm a student at whatever. Th that's all they do here. Most students apply to universities in America knowing fully well they're going to have a Saturday and Sunday job or they're going to do a paper round. They have to, even though their fees are not much, so the fees here are probably the equivalent of 3000, which you can get a student loan for the government will pay for, but you know, the, you don't get an interest on it and things like that. So students here traditionally work anyway, they work. So international students working and complaining that they work is part of what I'm talking about. Well, part of what I mentioned in terms of culture shock, because here in university, the lectures are only two, three hours a day, really. I don't know what it's like in Nigeria. Maybe they have lectures from eight to four and they want to kill the students. But it's a full day affair. <laughs> oh, that's the difference. They're only two, three hours a day, you know, um, at the most four hours a day. And students still have time to party and to work. When I was a student, um, when I was a student, I had two jobs and I didn't have to work because I had pocket money, you know, but everybody else was working. So what would I be doing? So I had a Saturday job and a Sunday job and I'd still party on a Friday evening, you know, which it's Saturday and Sunday was the same. And then I had three days in the evenings that I would work as well. So all students here, um, uh, unless they don't want to work or they don't have to work, um, they work. I, I believe even the trust fund children work, you know, um, to, to beef out because of their CVs, you see. They want as much work experience as possible. They do charitable work. All right, so let's drag this on, Dr. Ama. Uh, just, I just want to add to what she was saying is um, the culture abroad is you start to work by 18, 19, because that's how you begin to um, build your CV and you learn to network and you learn to do different things and contribute to the society. So it is expected. Most Americans and UK citizens, actually abroad people do get loans. A vast majority of people do secure a loan to go to university, which they pay off at a later date. Of course, if you work for the government for, I think it's 10 years, then it, it is, the loan is forgiven. I think it's 10 years, it could be 15, please correct me, Abby. 
if I'm off there. But it can be forgiven if you work with the government or you repay the loan. But working is part of the culture, having a job, learning what it means to go to a job and to be responsible, to be in a workplace, to work in the team, to engage with others, to, to collaborate with others is really part of what we learn from a very young age. I mean, even in our learning, you know, we do a lot of cooperative learning even in school. So it is part of the culture. It's part of the nuance of um, creating the right space um, for you. Hello. Um, so, <laughs> so hopefully these kinds of things can be even further implemented over here because those right. are the skills and tools that make a difference in whether you are employable or not at the end of the day. So I'm going to ask both of you to quickly talk to young people who see education abroad as a means to an end. So there are people who already have a degree in Nigeria, but who go to Europe to start from the scratch, uh, finishing a three-year course and then proceeding to a two-year master's degree course. And they will even tell you that the possibility of a second master's degree and even a PhD is open if they are unable to find a work or a job uh, or get their permanent visa. What do you say to them? Um, if I, I would start, I would say coming abroad to learn and to work is a fantastic idea. And definitely, you know, you will not, because they all, um, um, employers have to sign the common bid not to discriminate. So um, there are no handouts here. There's no favoritism here. There's no bureaucracy here. You are being um, examined and interviewed on the same basis as, as everybody else. So um, the reality is in order to give yourself a better chance of becoming more employable, please socialize with people other than yourselves. You know, don't just mix with Nigerians all the time. Don't just eat Nigerian food. Don't just go to Nigerian churches and Nigerian parties and Nigerian places of worship and uh, social places. Mix with others and I believe you can come back to me and thank me you will have a better chance and a, a better you know, standard of living. That's what I would say. Thank you so much, Ms. Abi. Dr. Ama, let's hear you out on this. Well, I'm going to take off from where she left off. Please develop yourselves, develop yourselves, the whole person in terms of skills, in terms of the tools you need to grow, to develop, to achieve whatever it is that you set yourself, your, your eyes on. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a full-time student or a lifetime student, but at some point in time, you want to give back to yourself, to your community. And um, the best way to do it is assimilate, as she said, assimilate and learn from others and open your, your perspective so that it's much wider um, because that helps you whether you come back to Nigeria or whether you choose to remain abroad, but always be true to yourself and do what's best for you or what you believe is best for you and um, seek opportunities wherever they are. And to that young girl who is herself, I love it. Be yourself in whatever you do. Just It's all right. <laughs> be yes, yourself also, in whatever you do. I, want, I wanted yes. to add that there are other, other um, places to apply to, not just the UK, America and Canada even in Africa, Kenya, there, there's so many countries that have a lot to offer that you can bring back what you've learned to Nigeria, you can decide to stay there. There are other countries that 
you know, aren't so expensive to study in, the laws aren't so difficult. I mean, think about the Caribbean, you've got wonderful weather, you know, and they'd love to have us there. I, I don't, I'm not working for any of them, but I know that the world is an oyster. So don't limit yourself, please, and put yourself under undue stress. Um, I, I know applying for these visas uh, costs a lot of money, and I hear that pastors are being paid and our fathers are being paid to pray. And, it, you know, you really have to, look outside the shores of the UK and the US and Canada. Thank you. Nigerians are very daring people. I know of a friend who was a senior officer in a bank, in a Nigerian bank, and he was leaving Nigeria to meet with his family. And he told me that he was going to, hold on, that he was going to totally leave the banking sector and go study nursing for a few years and move to the health industry. I mean, I don't know if that's something I can do, leave an entire career behind to face a new life, but Nigerians will do anything to get a better life. I must say a big thank you to Dr. Ama and Miss Avi. Thank you so much for your contribution. I believe that someone is watching and someone is learning, and this is a great contribution to every young Nigerian who desires to step out of the shows of this country. We'll see you guys again on the next episode of Thinking Remarking. I am Nifa Mugantoya. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. And I hope that little one will follow father's footsteps. I think she is going to. She's very comfortable in front of the camera. And maybe we Absolutely. should consider doing a children's version very soon. Yes, okay. yes. That's very interesting, Dr. Abba. Thank you. Bye, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Thinking Reimagined. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast and welcome your comments, insights, and learnings as we strive to transform our global society. A change in mindset, engagement, collaboration, dialogue, awareness, and education. Thinking Reimagined. Changing the mindset for a better global society. society.